Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. We have, I'm going to introduce the panel here in just a moment. We'll, we'll dive right in. Uh, I just had some, a couple of uh, interesting quotes from Pope John Paul the 23rd said this, it is easier for a father to have children than for children to have a real father. Another quote comes in by Harmon Killebrew. Uh, oh, sorry, this is from Elizabeth Stone. Making the decision to have a child is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. And this one's an anonymous one, but one night a father overheard his son pray, Dear God, make me the kind of man my daddy is. Later that night, his father prayed, Dear God, make me the kind of man my son wants me to be. That's good. So we have some fathers here. The three fathers, I'm just going to ask them to say howdy-do when they come on, uh, just so that you have a chance to see them and you know which one's which. So I'm going to start with uh, Jonathan Perry. Jonathan, would you just say howdy-do or something so that we can see you? Well, howdy-do, I think, is from our childhood, uh, Pastor Wayne. But uh, yeah, good morning. I'm Jonathan Perry. Okay. Um, I think most of you know me and recognize me. Um, unlike the other dads, I can see my kids are tucked away somewhere different so that I can have a bit of quiet and peace, which is not bad for Father's Day. Okay. But I will get them to join us. Well, thank you. And let me just tell a little bit about Jonathan. Jonathan has been married 17 years to Carolyn, and their children is Amanda, 14 years of age, Jessica, 12 years of age, and Summer, 8 years of age uh three girls active girls beautiful girls and what a joy this must be so let's go to kurt and kurt would you just uh, let us know who you are kurt evans are you there here we go howdy doody good morning everybody <laughs> okay well thank you and kurt is married to bonnie and you see right beside kurt there uh, so you've been married, I guess, 14 years uh, and two children. And so to the left is sweet Claire. Yeah, no, our left. Yeah, that, that right. <laughs> so Claire, eight years old and John there to the right. And he is 11 years old. And I'm trying to beach, surf, sleep. And I'm missing that ball. Oh, there's Bonnie. Yeah, John just had his birthday. So he's 12 now, actually. He wants you to know that. <laughs> Like two days, three days ago. So. Three days ago. You must have sent this to me before he turned 12. That's probably true, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to get used to it now. Perfect, I like that. Okay, thank you. And so Kurt's gonna be one of the panelists. And last but not least, we okay. have Roger. Roger, would you say hello? Hello. Okay, it's there they are. Big so. family, so, okay. So Roger, why don't you go ahead and point them out and introduce starting starting uh, with Megan, and then just go around to your children and just tell us uh, their names and their age. 
I'm, okay. I'm gonna I'm putting you on the spot to make sure you know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I have to remember everything, so it's a big cross. <laughs> First of all, my lovely wife, uh, Megan. We've been married for 17 years. That I cannot go, get go wrong. So 17 oh, yeah, years. Sure. And then my daughter Rebecca, 16 years old, and Emanuela, 13. Nathan, um, nine. And Joshua five. Wow, this is so exciting. Okay, well, thank you very much, guys, for introducing yourself. So we're going to dive right in. So families, if you want to just uh, wherever you're going to hang out, that's great. But we're going to dive in, and what we're doing here just for Aurora Cornerstone, uh, this is a continuation of what we did back in May. In May, we had the mothers and Lori talk to three mothers, and so we thought we would continue this on in Father's Day, just to be fair so that some fathers would be able to uh, just talk a little bit about the journey of what it is to be a husband, a father, and living as a believer in today's time. Maybe a little bit of uh, bringing us up to speed, maybe in how our lives as dads affect how we raise our own children. And it obviously has a huge effect on us. So we're going to have a question here, and I'm going to start with Roger. Uh, so the question I'm going to start with here, Roger, is um, what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Okay. Um, thank you, Pastor Wang and everybody. Um, actually, I just enjoy one of my best moments as a dad that I can see the appreciation from my kids, just like uh, the video clip in the beginning of the ser service, showing everybody, sh showing their um, appreciation to dad. I think that's one of the most enjoyable moments, being a dad. Yeah. I like that. And uh, so I'm going to go over to Jonathan. Jonathan, same question. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? Oh, uh, that's a, a long answer to a short question. Uh, there's lots of different things. It, it, it really depends on the day and the child. Um, each one of them I guess I enjoy different things from, but overall, I think what I enjoy most is watching them learn and mature and become wiser in their ways. Um, and just, yeah, especially uh, little moments. I, I like watching them sometimes when they're not watching, when they don't know I'm watching them. And I like the little moments when they think they're alone and they do their own thing, like dancing or singing. Um, I like the moments when they come to me when I can tell that they actually realize God is real, um, especially this little one who has endless faith. Um, yeah, but mainly I like watching them grow up and just watching them become adults and people and watching them grow in their faith and watch them grow in how they interact with their friends. That's good. I like, and, and what, what parent hasn't had those moments where maybe you, uh, you were watching them at the kitchen table and they didn't see you just around the corner of the doorway or you looked at them in their bedroom while they're sleeping and, and they look so angelic when they're sleeping, you know, like, uh, but then you look and, and such a joy bubbles up inside and, and how can you not just feel just thankful, uh, just the sense of God's blessing. Uh, Kurt, um, so the question back to you, what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Yeah, I think, um, Echoing both Roger and Jonathan, those are great points too. And I think it's it's really neat and exciting to see 
what God is developing in them and seeing them grow and their personalities and who they're becoming and that they're independent uh, little people from us. And so it's neat, neat to see what happens there. And um, also just enjoy when as a family, we can do exciting things that we like together. Uh, we like to explore and hike and bike and travel together. So those are, those are fun times too, when the family's really together and, and everybody's concentrating on us as a family. And uh, I think those are, those are the really fun moments uh, when you, you can also kind of sit back and go, yeah, this is neat. God has created such a great little family. Um, and we can just, you know, kind of revel in that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start again with you, Kurt. Um, so your father, and I've had a privilege of meeting your dad, uh, and that generation, and fathering does change. I mean, there's fundamentals that don't, but fathering does change. We have to, cultures change, our times change, temptations change, family pressures and society changes. So Kurt, I asked the question here, do you think it's more difficult, in your opinion, fathering today than maybe your parents or your grandparents or less? And why would you give that answer? I would not dare to say that it's harder to father now than, <laughs> than it was in the past. I think what you said is really true. Uh, it's, it's different. We're, we're just, we're facing different challenges and different obstacles and um, you know, we have, I think as dads are, you know, among our biggest challenges are technology and how do we handle all that, uh, which was something that, you know, our parents' generation didn't really have to deal with. So I think it's really just different. I don't think, um, you know, we all, as dads, there's challenges uh, that are always there and we have to learn within our generation how we handle those and, and how we can use what we've learned from from our dads and how, how they did things and incorporate that in and, and we kind of learn and, you know, hopefully we'll pass that along in a good way to our children as well. Excellent. So uh, I like that. So um, Roger, I'm going to swing over to you. Uh, how would you answer that? Do you think it's more difficult or less difficult today to be a father or just different? How would you answer that? Um, I would think it's, uh, well, different generations have its own uh, challenges, but uh, for this generation, we do have something just like uh, what Kurt said, uh, the technology, and also the there are a lot of things like uh, maybe fathers are very busy. I mean, both parents are very busy working, and then in some way spend less time with kids. And also the technology in, invade the whole family. So I think that pose a lot of uh, challenging to family, family, family relationship in general, not just the fatherhood, right? Just not just the fathering. So uh, I would think uh, this is definitely challenging, but I would just thinking that, uh, you know, always think guys in control and I know a lot of, uh, people like uh, some of the ministry, they start to think about how to help uh, the parents and uh, to grow the relationship with kids in this modern uh, society. So I still see the hope coming and uh, I'm still learning. So I hope uh, 
you know, we can, you know, while we enjoy the benefit of the technology, but we can also know how to set aside time and the precious to the family time, the special time and nobody interrupt. And uh, that's why also I try to have a one-to-one -one, uh, special time with kids because at that time, definitely no, no uh, screen in between us. So we, I can spend some quality time with them individually. So it's just something that different challenging, but uh, yeah, with God's help, uh, I think we can still overcome that. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan, what do you think uh, regarding the difficulty? How, what's your thoughts about being more difficult, less, just different? Um, I, I would have to disagree with Kurt. We can talk about that later, Kurt, but um, actually, cause I, I remember specifically a time in my, when my father visited us in Ontario um, and he actually said, he says that he could not do it in today's age um, with everything going on with all the social media and all the information coming to your children that you can't filter like you used to. Um, back when I was a child, it was magazines and books and two channels on a TV. Um, now you have hundreds of channels so many books, magazines, internet sites, you, the information your kids are getting, we don't have so much control over. So from being a father in that aspect, it's far more difficult. Um, on the flip side, being, I'll say a husband and a dad and just a man, um, in a lot of ways is a little bit easier because of what's happened over the decades that I guess family men have been coming becoming more integrated into the family and taking more active role in the family. Whereas as I was raised after work, dad would disappear into the woods, go hunting. If I wanted to go with him, I had to keep up. Um, but I, I don't think fathers were expected to spend as much time with raising their children as they are today. Um, so the times have changed and what we're, what's expected of us is different. Um, but I think being a dad is, is probably harder. And, and as Roger and Kurt mentioned, the social media and all the information coming at us and coming at our children that we can't, we can't filter and explain to them as it's coming in um, has a big impact on how they're growing up and what we have to deal with as parents. So I wanna carry on with that thought. So I'm gonna stay with you here for a second, Jonathan. So, so how do you, how do you balance work Ooh. how do you balance family life how do you balance being a good husband um, what what have you learned maybe from your own mistakes what have you learned that maybe you can pass on um you have to be intentional about how you spend your time um and it's easy to forget and and uh, in my example in the last two or three weeks with two or three months sorry with everything going on with covid my work has been crazy um, and it's very difficult to come home after a stressful day at work sometimes and switch gears to be a happy, energetic father and give the children what they need, especially since they're going through the same things and they've been cooped up. They don't have their friends. Um, so you have to be really intentional about spending time with them. Um, I'm, I'm also in a situation and I'm sure Roger and Evan, uh, sorry, Kurt can uh, relate to this is, well, maybe not Kurt so much. The difference in the ages and your children as they grow older and, and go through different stages 
you can't spend time with them altogether anymore because they have different needs and, re and requirements. So you had to be intentional about what time you spend with which and, and keep, keep an eye on who needs your time when they need it. Um, I remember the principal of one of our children's school saying, um, being fair is giving each child what they need, not what they want or think they want. And it's kind of the same thing. So you have to give each the time they need when they need it and be intentional and mindful of what's going on in their lives. You know, it's interesting. You reminded me of a scripture in Proverbs. I think it's 22, six, where it says train up a child in the way they should go. And then when they're old, they will not depart from it. And that phrase there in the way they should go is that we have to know each one of our children are very unique. And because they are very unique, we have to figure that one out because we can't treat the oldest, the second as the oldest one or the third in some cases as, or, or in Rogers, the fourth, um, that each one has their own bents. And, to, and I found that, wow, like both my kids were very different from each other and you really have to get past comparing really quick and you really need to be a student of that child. And here's the hard part, like we, this is what we're talking about here. How do you, have the time to do that. And so that becomes a real kind of an interesting challenge. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Kurt, uh, to answer that question as uh, Jonathan just said, how do you balance your work? Now, I know you've, you've had uh, interesting couple seasons here in the last couple of years where you've been like crazy over the top busy, and then you've had, you've had some time. And I'm interested to hear your take on that. How do you balance this with your children, your young family? Yeah, for sure. And I think Jonathan kind of nailed it you know, and initially what he was saying is you have to be intentional. And for us as a family, we put a really high priority on protecting our family time um, to the level that, you know, Bonnie and I have made decisions about jobs and, and locations and where we live and things like that entirely based on making sure that it benefits our family first and foremost, so that we're not you know, commuting to work two hours, uh, you know, each way every day and, you know, these types of things. So for the last kind of 10 years, I've actually, I initially, um, when John was first born, I was commuting downtown Toronto. So I had the, the usual hour to hour and a half each way. And that really, that really took away from you know, family time directly because that's the morning time that's, you know, impacted and that's the evening time. And then as Jonathan said, you get home and you're, you're done. Like your, your energy is gone, but you're giving your kids and your family um, very little of you. So the last basically 10 years I've been working in Aurora and near home. And that has actually been a real blessing. And I'm really thankful that God has provided that because now it's five minutes and you're home or if you need to be somewhere for the kids, you know, flexibility was there and you could join in and be a part of things. So um, I think that really helped us to keep that priority and to be very intentional about having the time to spend with the kids because um, you need to do it. it it's not going to work if you're not there and you're not being intentional about your time. Um, so I think balancing it really just requires very intentional uh, thought. And often uh, it may require, well, not, 
it will require sacrifice on your side as a parent, uh, as a dad as well. We'll have to put things aside that we may otherwise want to do and put our family and our kids first. Okay. Roger, how would you respond? How do you balance the work? Because yeah, you're, you can be pretty crazy busy and you've got uh, uh, a family there that's demanding or needs you. How do you balance it? I think uh, um, both Jonathan and uh, Kurt uh, did a good job talking about being intentional. And uh, I think definitely that's the, the thing that we as a father has to do especially that probably involves some sacrifice sometimes like uh, but i can i can tell like uh, um, when kids are smaller younger when we sacrifice our time and then uh, just to be with them and then once we have a, <clears throat> a better relationship actually at, that actually solve a lot of future future problem when they grow to be a teenager because you still have some common memory. You have a lot of good memory. And then they trust you. They trust you not because they say hi bye to you. They trust you because you spend quality time with them. And then they know you, even though you disagree with them, but they probably still know that there's a good reason why these men talk about that, which is contradicting to my belief. But I think uh, that lay out a very good foundation to that. So that definitely has some sacrifice to make uh, in terms of uh, balance, uh, work, life, and uh, family. But on that on this side, I want to add is uh, I find very useful principle. I think probably um, it's very popular popular principle, which is 80-20 rules, because we cannot do everything. And there's only so much thing which is very, very important. And uh, sometimes you just need to get rid of that 80% that's less important and do the 20% most important first. And those most important probably is the moment that you want to create. It's a memory. You want to create your family. You want to have a special moment with your kids. When kids like uh, asking you to really go to some special um, occasion, like maybe the, to watch their competition, or maybe I sometimes just take a day off just to uh, go to their field trip when they are kids, and also, or maybe the lunchtime I just go out and to their, uh, you know, to volunteer to deliver the pizza to the classes. Um, that actually, I think, uh, of course, I, I just need to balance that way because I want to keep a good relationship within the family. I want to have a good relation with my kids, but at the same time, uh, sometimes I can afford to take day off and I will just do it just to a way to balance my work life and also the, yeah. Okay. The yeah. You've had a lot. Wow. You really packaged a lot in there, Roger. Wow. Um, you mentioned about, and, and, and I think you just, you nailed something. Be very, intentional about your time that you do spend with your family if you if you have 40 hour work week or 48 hour work week or sometimes dads are forced into a even higher work week where you're maybe 50 some hours uh when you're home and your kids are up you know you got to be i think we've been hearing intentional you've got to put that into your plan and, and here's the thing 
your family will change. And, and that was something I learned. My kids are 30, 31 and 33 years of age. So I'm on, you know, on the other end. And, but this too will pass, you know, when your children are home, when you are able to sit with the meal with your children, you are able to interact with them. You can interact with games with your children, go out and do things. Uh, you won't always have that. That's for a short little period of time. Make sure you, I grew up in a dairy farm, make sure you milk it. <laughs> Let it come to its fullness because if you don't, that time does pass. And make sure, so the days off um, probably won't be a lot about you. It'll be a lot about your family, a lot about your children on your days off. Your holidays won't be necessarily about you just chilling out and reading a book someplace. It'll be about doing family things with your children because you will switch into a different season of life and it will come back to more of you. But at this time, the investment, and Roger, you said another great one there, trust. Um, trust is earned. And there's a scripture that talks about don't exasperate fathers, don't exasperate your children. And that was something I'm, I was guilty of, was exasperating my kids. Just, you know, uh, they need affirmation more than they do competition. And so to develop that trust, and, and so you've, you've hit on a number of really key things that I think are so important. So Kurt, I'm gonna stay with you for the next question. And here's the next question. Now that we're comfortable with each other here, and of course, don't mind that there's a whole pile of people watching you. Now that we're comfortable with each other, you've been father, Roger, you've been father for a few years now. Uh, and I asked the question, are there things you wish you had done differently as a father? So as you look back, if you could pick one thing that maybe you've learned, maybe you're already doing it differently, but what is something that you weren't doing right? Or maybe, you know, Megan told you, or your kids told you, or somebody told you, but you're going, yeah, I, I wasn't doing that. I, I needed to do better. So we're just asking you to be vulnerable. Is there something, each one of you, is there something starting with Roger that you look back and you say, yeah, uh, I would do this differently. Yep, that definitely have a lot of mistakes I made because I not only I have more children, so um, I definitely made a lot of mistakes. And uh, one of the things I I think it really my kids taught me a lot is uh, uh, I think uh, father father figure is so important for them, and then every kids seek really they really seek hard for father's affirmation just like uh, what pastor when you just say so what i could i wish i could do is giving them more affirmation because uh i think uh yeah just like a scripture say like uh, uh our our tongue right is like a give life or death and uh it can totally build up a person and oh you can tear down them so I know at the moment I did have something like uh, probably I uh, burst out in anger or I say something really negative, which is not aligned with God's, uh, uh, it's not what God's look at them, right? But kids may take it because we in some way represent God. So this is a challenge as a father that uh, um, sometimes um, we cannot give that totally affirmation and the positive uh, uh, confirmation and the recognition to them. So that's what I am still learning and uh, I'm just hoping 
with the help of God, I can do a better job. And because I really know that throughout these years, I really know that affirmation from Father is so crucial to their health, well-being, and to, you know, when they grow up, uh, their personality, you know. So I just wish I could say the word to really build them up more instead of just maybe carelessly tear them down, you know, something like that. So that's the thing that I wish I could have done more differently. Yeah. Good word, brother. Man, I'm with you on that. Good word. Um, I'm going to swing over to Kurt to finish, to, to respond to this one. Kurt, if, if there's something that you said, yeah, this is something I've learned, I would do it different or you are doing it different. What is it? Yeah, I think um, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with, with what Roger said uh, as well. I don't know as, as guys is, if that's as naturally ingrained in us to be affirming. So it's something, you know, it's another intentional thing that we need to do uh, that might be against kind of our natural personality. But um, the kind of the two other things that I was thinking of in that regard is um, uh, patience and consistency. Um, patience, I, I viewed myself as a very patient person until I had kids. <laughs> and then I saw myself as completely opposite um, and, you know, very impatient. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, in a way, it's what Roger was saying too, is you're just, it, it catches you and you realize that um, I'm reacting more than I'm responding. So um, I think that's something I, in a lot of cases, I wish I could do differently was to have patience in the moment that came up to not just react because that often you know didn't produce um, a good affirming or positive situation or an opportunity to guide and coach versus just you know words that aren't building up and um, aren't helping the situation at all so um, and then like in that is being consistent too um, you know, with the way that you respond to your kids and the way that you coach them and guide them, um, being consistent because they need that. It, if we're inconsistent and we're all over the map, um, they're learning inconsistency and all over the map. And that really affects a lot of different situations. So patience and consistency. Okay. Thank you. Well, Jonathan, you've had a heard, uh, you've had an opportunity to listen to the previous what would you say is your one? Um, well, the guys nailed it. There's no question about um, being consistent is a big one. Um, patience is a big one. Um, and, and being intentional again. So when I look back, I think like Roger, there's, there's a lot of things that I, in the moment, um, I would rethink and be more affirmative about how you responded to the situation as opposed to tearing them down, which is kind of Kurt kind of hinted at is that I think as a man, it, it's, it's kind of against your natural reaction. Um, I have three daughters, so I, I don't have, I, I don't have the kid, the, the, well, even though I did wrestle with them as children, but I don't have the, the boys that would tend to be able to take a little bit more, jokingly and sarcasm ways of dealing with things so and my wife constantly reminds me 
that I have to um, remember that they're girls and they need more affirmation, especially from a, a father figure. Um, because when they start looking for husbands, they're as much as I, I terrifies me, they're going to be comparing their husbands to me and, and, and using me as a gauge um, because I'm basically the only man they have in their lives for the most part. So that, so that uh, actually puts a lot of pressure <laughs> when you sit down and think about it is that they're probably going to marry people like me or look for people like me or hopefully not the opposite. Um, so I, I think about that a lot now, especially as the girls are getting older and I have a, a full-blown teenager and one that's just turning into a teenager. It reminds me every day that I'm start starting to lose those opportunities to enforce um, what a man should be in their life. Um, I guess that's about it. But yeah, Kurt, no, Kurt and Roger really kind of nailed the question. It's, you said something that is um, a profound truth. I don't think many in the world system would would uh, embrace, but that is, dads, you are the greatest influencer for who your children will marry. And uh, if we develop that, grow and develop that relationship with the children, both daughters and sons, that they are in a healthy relationship, feel loved, then they won't go, you know, the idea of going looking for love in the wrong places because they are affirmed. They are loved. And they have a, you've, what you've done is you've raised the bar. And we want to raise the bar as high as we can when it comes for them to marry. We want a good high bar that they just don't enter into this uh, relationships frivolously with great intention. And so that's, that's some really good words there. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan, I'm back to you. How did your dad discipline you and did it affect the way you discipline your children? Hey, <laughs> sorry, I have, uh, what do you call it, an audience in the background here that you can't hear, luckily. Um, <clears throat> so, bit of background, my dad was a teacher all of his life and for the better part of that, a principal. So I remember having him having a strap on his desk. Um, However, having said that, I'm the youngest of five. So by the time I came up through the lines, the concept of corporal punishment was on its way out. And basically, my brothers had done everything that could possibly do. So I couldn't surprise them anymore. Um, so my discipline from my father is mostly in the form of lecturing. Um, I would make a mistake. He would have a conversation with me about it and pretty much move on. Um, I didn't get a lot of drownings and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think that was because I was a perfect kid. I think that was mostly because my parents had seen everything before uh, I had a chance to do it. So I wasn't the first. Um, <clears throat> with my kids, I, I, and this is back to the previous question, I had tend to lecture them a lot. And they constantly reminded me that, yeah, you, you drone on and you repeat yourself and you drone on. So I've learned that Sometimes fewer words um, have a way bigger impact than lots of words. I've also learned that uh, the concept of corporal punishment and grounding and stuff like that really doesn't do a lot if it's not done in the right context and at the right times. Okay, so. very good. Okay, well, Roger, how would you answer this question? The question is, how did your dad discipline you and did it affect the way you discipline your children? Uh, I would say that my dad is more like a traditional type of dad. Like he's more um, 
ignorant and also at the same time a little bit authoritative in terms when it comes to the discipline the kids. Uh, he's a good dad. He's not that bad. Just hope, don't paint the picture that uh, he's very strict or not uh, reasonable. Yeah, he's reasonable. He's good dad. But, uh, but I remember there was a, a occasion that uh, in my high school, we spent a lot, a long time talking. At that time, I was worried about a lot of things like my future and also the society, the world is a, almost a wall that bursting out, you know. So, uh, I mean, my dad had a long talk with me. And that actually stayed very vivid in my mind that uh, it's good to have a long talk with your kids, you know. So, um, actually, I don't, I don't really learn too much uh, of the fathering from my dad. I actually, when I became... Uh, Christian in my university year, and I saw a lot of uh, father figures, you know, very lovely, very wonderful Christian dad. And then they also share their fatherhood and uh, parenting. So I think I pick up a lot of them from that, from that, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, I, I, it's not too bad for me that I, at least I can learn some uh, good. Uh, discipline principle so that's what i would say like uh, pretty much i learned from more other christian dad than my dad my own dad yeah okay well kurt um your father discipline and how has that affected your disciplining yeah i need to be careful because my dad is on this zoom call so <laughs> i have to choose my words carefully uh, uh, Kind of on the, the more amusing side, actually, um, my dad had, he was a bit of a woodworker, so he, uh, he made a, a, a short stick um, that he uh, rotored my name onto and attached that hanging on the end of the counter in our kitchen where I could always see it from the kitchen table. So uh, I think that was a bit of a fear tactic. It was never actually used. Um, so um i i don't actually remember a lot of um like hard discipline times um so either that was a case like jonathan said that my brother went before me and kind of cleared the path and and so there was i couldn't really do much worse uh, or or surprise them so but uh or i was just a you know just a great kid maybe that was it <laughs> But um, I think, you know, in, in disciplining our kids, um, I, my tactic, whether it's, you know, good or bad, I think I probably have to, it's similar to Jonathan, what he said in that I, I probably tend to lecture more and uh, likely use too many words and the kids are kind of, have, I've lost them by the time I've tried to make my points. So fewer words are, are probably better, but I think it's, you know, I'm generally trying to talk through the situation and help them to understand why that was wrong or, um, you know, they shouldn't do it that way. And it's uh, in an effort to, to educate and, and coach. Um, just have to learn how to do it with a few last words. Okay. Wow. Okay. Last question, guys. You're on the home stretch here. But having said that, I'm throwing one in. 
there's a number of dads that we're probably all aware who are watching today. They're in blended families. They're not with their children. They may only see them occasionally. Uh, and or the 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 situation is is very difficult. Uh, there's such blessing and, and I'm sensing, you know, the work that you have put into being a father and it does take a lot of work. Here's the question I have for you. Can you just give a few words? What would you say to these dads that maybe aren't living with their children? Uh, the marriage maybe had broken up or, they, or there maybe never was a marriage and yet they have children and they see the children on occasion and their hearts maybe are very heavy, their hearts are maybe broken or maybe uh, dads who maybe are home, but it's been a very difficult, a very difficult time. Uh, if you had some final words to say to those dads, what would you say? So Kurt, I'm gonna start with you. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good one. That's a tough one, um, especially if you're not in the situation to fully understand it. Um, there's obviously gonna be a lot of different parameters and um, and challenges that you know in that situation that dads are going to have to work through but I think one of the maybe main uh, underlying themes that we've kind of been talking about as as we've been answering questions is intentionality um, and I think regardless of the amount of time you have if you if you're intentional about the time you do have with your kids and you make it quality time um, and you build into your kids when you have that time, it's still gonna provide benefit. The kids are still gonna be able to receive that. They're still going to have, even if it's a shorter you know, or sporadic amount of time, they're still gonna have the quality of relationship there that they can, they can look on and and, and, you know, you just keep building on those moments that you do have and don't waste them. Um, I think that's probably how I would, I would put it. Okay. Okay. Good advice. Uh, Roger, I'm going to go over to you with that question. Again, the question is dads maybe who are just in a very difficult situation, maybe blended families, don't get to see their kids very often, or they might be feeling, hey, it's too late. What would you say? Um... Yeah, as Kurt said, I, I think uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, the amount of pressure and uh, challenging and uh, the that uh, very heavy feeling that I probably could could not really uh, fully comprehend. Um, but I just look at at my challenge. I always feel that. Uh, yeah, a lot of time there's a belief for me that, well, I never know how to become a father. There's no school teaching about that, right? And no course I attend. And then I, I suddenly realized I have so many difficulties, you know, in dealing with, not dealing with kids, also dealing with myself. So when, when I, every time I have that challenge, I always have one belief that, uh, um, like uh, God is our father in heaven, right? So if I can just learn how he become a father, maybe I can become a better dad. So that's always in my thought. So at the moment I, I seek 
yeah, I just seek for, I just seek the, you know, the wisdom from him. And I remember a lot of time I pray for the time management, you know. Uh, so I guess probably for for those that like, um, probably it's a bit difficult for you to see kids or maybe as Kurt put out the intentionality, you know, maybe put in your calendar or maybe in the in their big day, that's maybe it's the birthday or the graduation or some special event. I don't know if you still have the chance, maybe you can volunteer in their field trip, you know, just show up in some special occasion if you cannot show up all the time. And uh, I, I do have a fa uh, some father, maybe you said like maybe feel that they miss out the opportunity, but I think uh, that's what that's why we believe in Christianity is because uh, God is a gracious God, right? He's merciful. So uh, I mean, we all made a mistake. Just like I feel, I feel I made a mistake, a lot of mistake for my to my kids. So what I can do right now, sometimes just to say sorry to them very honestly like uh, yeah you know i'm not perfect right and uh, maybe kids want that to be perfect because it's their first hero in their life but uh, i'm not perfect and then i made mistakes so i whatever i can apologize you know by uh, with the leading of holy spirit i say the word i should say and i just give the result to god because uh, yeah, that's, we can only do whatever we can do, even, you know, and uh, we just leave the result to God in a lot of situations. Yeah. Okay, good word. Well, Jonathan, uh, you can finish this off here by just responding. What would you say in regard to fathers that maybe feel helpless and hopeless? Um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is because I actually have a friend, um, a co-worker that is kind of in one of those mixed families where he had a daughter from a previous marriage um, and he now he has a, a new wife and two new children and he's had he's really struggled with his first daughter um, but so the one thing I, I know from talking to him is that patience is key and, and I've seen him break down on numerous occasions because he cannot get in touch with this daughter He's not intentionally blocked, but he just doesn't have the time because she has a separate life. He has a separate life. So being intentional about the little time he does get with her is important. Um, but most importantly, to let her know that the door is always open. So when she's ready or they're ready, that he will be there. It's just right now may not be the right time for whatever reason. And I'm sure there are lots of fathers and, and mothers in those situations. Um, so just let them know you're there. And, and as Roger was indicating, every opportunity you get to let them know and anything you can do, an email, a letter, a small gift, um, just so that they, I won't say don't forget is not the right word, but so that they know they're there and that you're available when they're, when they need you. Right. And, and depending on the situation to make sure too, that you reinforce their current situation and the current parent situation, if it is a safe one, um, that you reinforce the current parents so that you work as a team, hopefully, and there's no animosity there so that they can reinforce and, and remind the child that, yeah, you do have another father out there or whatever. Wow. Okay. Gentlemen, dads, you were stellar this morning. You really were. 
I, we can really sense your love for your families and your passion and where even as you've shared just testified where God has been so significant in the uh, being husbands and fathers so thank you so much um, we're going to pray and we're just going to bow our hearts together I'm going to invite every family watching here today if you would um, whatever your situation is uh, ladies men uh, whatever your children who are listening children pray for your dads uh wives your husbands if it's the ex do pray for your ex that they would be still the best father that they could possibly be and uh, grandparents pray for your sons and daughters your grandchildren so we're just going to bow our hearts and let's just commit the things we've been sharing this morning you know there's wisdom there's godly wisdom when uh, godly people put their, their minds together and seek the will of the Lord and they share. There's wisdom that comes out of that. And so we want to do that. So let's pray for just the next moment. Can we do that? So Father in heaven today, I thank you for the dads that shared. They led us into their lives, led us into their house. And God, we pray blessings upon each one. For Jonathan, for Roger, for Kirk. God, just bless them as dads, as husbands, as men in today's society, that they would be blessed in their home. That Lord, even, the, even today, they were asked, none of them volunteered for this, they were asked to share a few words and they said yes. God, let their story continue to be a reminder in areas of our own lives that we just really need to allow you in in some of those things. And Lord, I pray that we will be people of action, we'll be doers of the things we've heard today. And God, you've not given up on us so that we don't give up on ourselves. God, no matter where our children, we might feel our children are gone, they're out of the home, there's nothing more we can do, but there is more we can do. And that God, we would step into that. Our children are not all under our roof, but that God, we can still make a difference in their life. That Lord, you would show us how and we would do it. God, we thank you for such a privilege. And we thank you. We have, as was Roger made mention of, we have a great example. And that is you are an ever-loving Heavenly Father. And we can see your constant example as an example that we can attempt to try to live up to. Help us in so doing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.